It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. So take a seat at the table and join the conversation as we discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology and song selection. And now it's time for the show. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Oh, we didn't decide who was going to start talking. <laughs> you get to start it. Oh, well, hey, guess what? It's been uh, an eight-month sabbatical and back and prettier than ever. Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast. How's that work? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and, our, and we're live to uh, Facebook right now? Yep, live on Facebook. All right. The world is seeing us live. We've been live for 19 seconds now. So Excellent. And I, uh, I shaved this morning. I showered last night, but I did do something with with that. And I do have the lovely Worship Ministry Catalyst background, just so everyone nice. can enjoy yeah. that. Uh, but I'm Joe Brookhouse. Uh, you know me from four episodes of this podcast. And, and look at the pretty man that uh, is on here with me. The return, the victorious return. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. See, I don't know. I guess my picture was probably out there somewhere, but um, on the on the website, I know it was on the website. But yeah. when Kevin and I were doing the podcast, it was only ever audio, so no one ever really saw our faces. So this may be a first for the world. Well, and, and maybe it's the last. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and nobody needs to see me that much, right? Well, you know, some people say that I have a face made for radio. We've heard that little backhanded compliment it's like oh yeah your voice is fine but yeah i don't know if we really need to see you uh (laughs) you know and the thing is is i with this whole i think that's our topic today is this deal with pandemic remote church with i've had to get used to the fact that we're recording remote church i and i edit it and i have to see myself every week and um, I have lost weight since we started because I am so tired of looking at myself going, that's how I look. This is how does my church put up with me? <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, we uh, I was I was talking to. So for the first, um, I don't know, four or five weeks of doing this. I was I was doing it by myself in my office and just kind of streaming live and you know doing okay. that sort of thing. And then on Easter, um, we moved things out to this room where I am right now, and had a couple other people come. You know, we've got the we've got a guy switching video and stuff now, and then we have another guy in the room just for discussion, you know, purposes and that kind of a thing. Um, and now I can't even remember where I was going with that. Oh, oh yeah, so so we were. <laughs> we were we were you know testing video and i've got this monitor out there behind this camera and you know you just see your face out there all the time i mean just you know hours and hours and hours and hours on end you really get sick of looking at yourself you really do yeah you know i i had the same thing when i started to do the voiceover work and audiobooks i had to listen to my voice and you know, I think most of us don't like to listen to our own voices. It's just like, oh, that's what I sound like. <laughs> but there's a certain, as you're immersed in it, you just like, okay, that's how I sound. And at some point I'm like, you know what? That's how I look. Right. Um, that's how people experience me just because it's not how I think that I want to look. Uh, 
It's a, it's a wonderful little dash of humility as a right. gift from God <laughs> in the midst of all the stuff that we're, yeah. we're dealing with right now. It's a good way to keep yourself humble, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I've gotten used to hearing myself, probably all the years of podcasting and then sermon editing and all that stuff. You know, you hear your voice now, it just feels pretty normal. But video is still something I'm not enjoying. (laughs) Well, I thought it would, just coming back, and this was just a, a... uh, and I appreciate your invitation to you and I, let's do this on Facebook. Um, we'll still do some episodes with the team. There's a lot of logistics around having five people and pulling those episodes together. But uh, those folks down in Texas are awesome and I love them. But mm-hmm. for you and I, you know, we're even if we're local, doesn't matter. Uh, right. <laughs> but but uh, we're we're doing this thing during the pandemic and it's a, I think it's a great opportunity to chat with those worship leaders out there and worship team members about how they're pulling this off. Now you're primarily in a pastor role, but you right. are the, in the pastor role, but you do have a worship team. Right. Right. And uh, you were telling me how they're managing that. And I had, I've never heard of it and I really want to know what it is. Can So, yeah. So, um, I'm actually, I'm back into doing worship now, oh, okay. just kind of got back into it. Um, you know, we're a small church, so yeah. I, I started off oh, probably the first couple of years as the senior pastor leading worship, and then now the last few weeks we had a worship leader leave, and so now I'm back back behind the keys, back behind yeah. the uh, console. Um, by the way, this is our first live video ever on the Worship Ministry Catalyst page. So, yeah, it looks like we're it looks like we're live. I, I can I'm actually on Facebook looking at us as we are recording, which is kind of meta. And uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was so. Th- that's how we do our services. Um, and so I, I have to keep it streaming because that's how you keep up with the comments, right? So, I'll, And that's one of the things we actually had to learn the first few weeks of doing this was I'd ask a question and then you've got this 10 to sometimes one week on Easter Sunday, it was a 30 second delay. Right. So like I would clap and then count and it was 30 seconds later. And um, so we had to learn how to... You ask a question, make sure people understand the question, what they're supposed to do with the question, and then you have to have something to do while you wait for the delay and you give giving people time to think. So we actually started asking the question and then having discussion or bringing in announcements or something during that space right. to try to fill the fill the gap. So we're so you guys are actually doing your service live. Yeah, that's all live. I mean, there's a couple. Um, Igniter Media, they did a, a free thing for uh, the first month or so of this, and so I signed up for that. So we play a couple videos from there every week to help give us time in the studio to move things around. So I do a uh, I do a monologue at the beginning, right? And tell a few jokes, and um, so we have one set for that for that, and then we have to play a video and move things around to get where I am right now. For this is where I spend most of the time. So you for the um, service. So you're doing so you're doing a monologue, and then you'll um, feed a, a video into the stream, and then you'll use that. Back, you know, I was a theater major a long time ago. You'll use that so that you can change the set. And then when the video right. is over, you are positioned to start the next phase of whatever that might be. 
Yep. There's so much, so much logistics behind this. Um, so how did you guys, like when you guys first started doing the pandemic thing and you realized you couldn't do it, I think you said it was just you and your office just doing message, right? Right. Yeah. It was just me, me and my office talking and, um, yeah, it worked. It worked okay. I think people people really enjoyed it. But having people in the room really made a difference for me. Yeah, because we're we're really um, we work really hard on engagement so that people are talking to me and to one another during the service. So it's yeah. not just a talking head kind of a thing. And um, having people in the room to answer your question for one helps give you time for other people to respond. But for two, it also helps you know if the question needs clarity. Because sometimes I'll ask a kind of ambiguous question and they don't understand the question. And right. if you wait until you get re- feedback from someone on Facebook, you've wasted two or three minutes because they don't understand the question. You've got the delay. But having someone right in the room makes all the difference in the world. So so is it? do you just have worship team members then that are there? Or who are the people in the room with you? It's our our sound and video guy. Okay, is there and he's switching all the cameras and all that stuff. And then Jim, who um, I don't know what you he he runs the food pantry. Does a whole does a lot of the uh, facility stuff around the church. And but he also went to Bible college and you know knows a lot about right. scripture. So we talk about he's good to bring in and on discussions. Before Facebook cut out we were talking about worship not (laughs) right yeah (laughs) but um so anyway i was saying i've gotten back into worship uh the last few months probably i guess four or five months now and i was looking at the calendar um we you know i built this this keyboard stand that i'm standing at right now for the purpose so i could roll it out on stage and have it when i needed it there but um we we're doing acapella. We're using the acapella app, and so I, I'm probably. I think I told you I'm probably going to do a a tutorial on it because it's not very intuitive, it, right? Especially if you have any experience with audio editing, it doesn't. It has all the tools, but it's not. You know, it's not laid up like a signal chain on a soundboard in any way, shape, or form. You know, and so you kind of have to figure out where all the buttons go and what buttons you have to click to get to the actual settings on the compressor or the actual settings on the EQ, that kind of a thing. So what is the app? I mean, I I haven't explored it much other than acknowledging its existence. So are you guys using, first of all, the free or the paid version of that? So that's one of the tricks. Um, There is one downside to doing it this way, but I pay for the pro account, which is $10 a month. Okay. And as long as as long as I start the chain, as long as I start the video and send it out to other people to collaborate on, no one else has to pay. Gotcha. So you need a, like a point person right. to do that. And and so the way it works, because again, I haven't explored it, is you have a point person who maybe does an initial recording and it gets the video and the audio, and then you route it amongst worship team members and they add their pieces to it? Correct. Yeah, so... Um, I'll just show you. That's that's the last project we did. That's part of the app. My camera yeah. won't focus on that. But um, so you know, you, you click that join collaboration button, and then there's 
empty squares usually they call them frames and then you click on a frame you tap on a frame and then that starts the whole process for you you have to have that link to get started so i just got the link from our acoustic guitarist last night and so it's my turn i'm up on the i'm up in the rotation now to record my parts and then we'll send it off to another person uh this evening and they'll record their stuff this evening and i'll get it back on wednesday and one of the things I do like about it is um, you can export um, lossless Apple lossless multi-track files from all the frames, and I bring all that into Pro Tools, right? And that's where I mix everything and edit everything and do the the final mix, and then I take that into and, and iMovie and bring the video in and sync everything up, and then that's that's what we show to the church. So when you do worship on Sunday, you're taking the output from the app and say, you know, worship team's going to do a a song for us, and then you'll cut over to that, and you'll show the result of that. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. You just can kind of layer those things in. Do you start out with, like, a a click track or a basic, like, a pad, so everybody kind of knows the structure? Yeah, we do a guide track, just like you would if you're recording in the studio. Yeah. And... um, uh, so, uh, one of the things we learned, so I've done a lot of guide tracks over the years as a worship pastor, you know, so yeah. I'm pretty, pretty, you know, f- uh, comfortable just getting on Pro Tools and, you know, just doing a rough track, rough piano track, rough vocal, vocal track and a click track and, and getting it out to people. But this last week we had one of our volunteers who's done some recording, but n- not super you know, familiar with the entire process, like a guide track. And he was starting it because he was singing it. And so we just wanted him to, you know, you know, strum and sing with a click track. And, and he, he ran into all kinds of problems. You know, he wasn't, wasn't quite, uh, wasn't quite ready to do that. And so it ended up taking an extra week on his song. Well, if anybody, you know, we had an episode, I say we, because now I'm part of it, but uh, yeah. You know, way back in the 160s or somewhere thereabouts, where you guys talked about click tracks mm-hmm. and getting used to playing along with click tracks. And I immediately took that and said, I need to be doing this with my team. We need to be better. And I discovered just how, I mean, if you talk about the biblical term submission or to submit, right? you have to submit to the click track. Um, you have to forget your, you know, you just need to be one with a click track. I, I discovered how easily that I would run over the top of that thing and then discover, oh, I'm so far off where I was because my sense of rhythm is not nearly as awesome as I assumed <laughs> that it was. So um, that, was that kind of the nature of some of the challenges that uh, your team member had? Yeah, I, I mean, so we played. Obviously, we played with click tracks for years. Um, yeah. So they're used to that. Part of the challenge was, you know, he 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 does lead worship and lead some of the songs, but um, he does he also relies on some of the other people in the band in rehearsal to to help with some of the lingo and and even just uh, knowing some of the you know more. I guess theory side of things. He, right, you know, he's right. an excellent musician, got a really cool voice, really great guitarist, all that stuff. But um, he didn't. He thought the song was in six eight, and so he sent me the tempo and and six eight time. And so I uploaded a click track because I've never sung this uh, sung this song. This was a new one for me. So I just 
I just took his his settings, made a click track for him to to play to, and gave it to him, and he fought that for quite a while and then and then i finally i just happened to be listening to the song uh a, a little while after that and i'm listening this isn't six eight this is four four oh, <laughs> that's why you're having problems <laughs> what were, can i ask what the song was uh it's build my life the pat barrett no i don't know that one but then yeah, i didn't either much. yeah you know, I, there's an irony in the fact that he thought it was six eight, and the name of your church, right, is six eight. I'm looking at Micah six eight, like right yep. behind you as well. So, yeah, right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I was I'm thinking gonna, that we should do a worship album with all six eight songs. That would not be difficult. <laughs> I mean, first, you know, right out of the gate, we'll just do restless love because it's not right. only six eight, but there's only four chords. Um, yeah. So for all of us that are challenged. Um, I think uh, Ross has got a couple. Ross King, who's uh, a friend of of ours, has right. a few uh, six eight songs. Although he was very quick to correct me when I thought I was doing one of his songs that was in six eight. He goes, "No, this one's actually in three four. And I'm like, <laughs> "Oh," or he said, "No, this one's in two. Like, dang you for knowing it. Um, I guess you wrote the song. You should know. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> you no, know, I I have. Uh, I'll just tell you what my experience is, just very briefly. Um, yeah, because it sounds like you've been doing a lot of editing. You know, I mean, I've been doing some uh, audio editing, but not video editing. So it sounds like you've maybe been doing a lot of both of that, right? Yeah. What we decided to do was we would record. We we wanted to, we're, we're we're premiering our service on Sunday mornings at ten thirty on YouTube and on Facebook. Okay. We're actually recording it on Fridays. Um, and you know, we, we, we record it live. Uh, well, I guess you couldn't record it any other way, but you know, I mean, we're, (laughs) (laughs) um, we're recording it. Um, and then, um, we have a, you know, some uh, intro graphics, um, and then like the slide deck, we use proclaim for our slide deck and there's a recording function in there. So we actually record the slide deck with the worship, with the lyrics and stuff oh, really? as the service is going. So as the pastor brings up a, uh, a passage, then I can just lay that in huh. um, with that. Now I spend, I got to be very clear. Um, I spend, I mean, it, it takes us about three hours to do each recording. It only takes, it's only a 45 minute recording, but in terms of what are we going to talk about? How are we going to do it? Um, and then debriefing, then I go home and spend three and a half to four hours of video editing to get it ready to produce. Now I say that and if anybody has seen what we have produced, they'll go, come on. There's no way that took four hours. Um, but you know, I, I'm very comfortable with audio stuff, but the video stuff is a different language. Right. And learning that language, I'm getting much more efficient at it. But it, you know, it's it just takes a lot of work. Um and I there's definitely times I think, why aren't we doing this live? Well, you know, it's, I'll tell you why we haven't done it live is we did a message Friday and it was kind of a, it was kind of a hard message because it was a bit of an admonishment of Hmm. members of our congregation that are really struggling with authority right now. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so we were talking about the nature of love, uh, the nature of rebellion, uh, the nature of connection and how that leads us to our interactions with people. And a really important message. And we got done and we have um, one of our team members, Jesse, looked at us when we hit stop. It was an hour and a half long. And she goes, I had no idea that's how you guys were going to take this. 
I don't know if this is going to work because it was it was too harsh. Hmm. We did it as a conversation. You know, I did a couple right. of songs, but it was a conversation. And um, and I'm really grateful that we had the opportunity to come back and redo it Saturday morning. Uh, but it was a gentler approach. Right. Um, and my wife said when I explained what the first round was like, she's like, I can't send that link to my parents in Texas. They won't receive that. Uh, and yeah, like, and that brings up an interesting question, you know, um, because... The local church has been local forever until right. now. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so is that would that be wrong? I mean, um you know, thinking about, you know, not just not just teaching, but you know, worship style. Worship style is very different here in the northwest than it is in Texas and it sure. is where I grew up in Ohio and yeah. um you know, is it wrong? Is it, or maybe wrong isn't the right word, but maybe a bad idea. Is it a good or a bad idea to to do something like that, where where maybe you're being strong to your to your congregation, but you know your congregation and they know you, and mm-hmm. they're able to to receive that. But then when you think about sending it out into the Facebooks, you know, it's <laughs> like. Was that a is that a smart decision? But then at the same time, if that's what our people need, should that trump what what you know what we're sending out for other people who aren't a part of our congregation? Yeah, that was definitely part of our conversation initially. Uh, was we were thinking of not about diff- how different bodies uh, of the church, diff- you know, would receive it, but the idea of how the church would receive it versus how unchurched or non-Christians would receive it. Right. And our response, at least thinking about people who aren't Christ followers, was grab a box of popcorn, sit down and enjoy the show. Because sometimes I think it's really, and my pastor, uh, Brian, feels the same way, that we need to invite non-Christians in to see that we're messy people. Mm-hmm. And they, they already know that we're messy, but to see that we um, are not afraid to say, hey, we're screwing up. What can we do better? Right. We're not whole, you know, holier than thou. It's, yeah, we screw up. Hmm. Um, so that was helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah and I think that's good. Um, it's good for people to see the, see the raw behind the scenes things, I yeah. think. Actually, my People church. have seen a lot of that with us, <laughs> with our church over this thing, because it wasn't until this last Sunday that we actually finally had the equipment to be able to sync up audio and video. Oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, so we're using um, OBS to stream our services, and you know, I was running all of my sound into OBS through my uh, interface, and we're using these things that are made for streaming video games. Uh, right. But they were inconsistent in their audio video delay. And so one week it would be 230 milliseconds, the next week it would be 1400 milliseconds. And there's no way to know until you go live and do a clap on on the right. thing. And yeah. so, you know, a lot of our services for the first nine weeks were, you know, the first five minutes or so were, all right, how's our audio video? All right, let me go adjust that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so hard, you know, because we, um, I know there are a lot of churches that just, I'm not afraid of technology. I don't mind kind of leaning into that and kind of learning things. There's a lot of churches that just don't have that capability. 
Right. And you're talking about nine weeks to come up to speed. And I, and for us, it was like seven weeks. Um, ours, it was trying to do multi-cam. Mm-hmm. But what we did is we'd have my phone over here, right? And then we would have uh, a Mevo here in the center and then a webcam on the other side. And then I could kind of pick my angle. Well, that wasn't a lot of extra work that really didn't add much to the right. experience. Right. Um, and then I had different audio sources, you know, so where's my, I got, the pastor's got a microphone the, and then the webcam's got a mic. And then I have a, a, a Zoom um, remote microphone thing. And, you know, so we had like six different audio sources and uh, just, you know, going through these kind of machinations that, uh, Ultimately, we came back to, gosh, I think our first week was our best, where we had one camera and one audio source, (laughs) and we didn't do any cuts. And so we came, we did a full circle, and we we took my worship leader office, we turned it into a studio. We've got Mm -hmm. a background like your wood planks back there. Yeah. And we have uh, a cross back there, and then uh, an audio interface that has four inputs going into my computer and then one, this camera actually here, this very okay. camera is the one that we use. Um, and that's where we're at. Uh, and ultimately, the congregation kind of came back and said, we like it this way because it feels more authentic because we see you kind of screwing up. We see you moving the microphone around, you know, <laughs> just like on Sunday morning, right? <laughs> where it's as polished as we'd like to think we are. It goes kind of back to our start of the conversation of looking at ourselves physically and having to come to terms with that. Our congregation has been dealing with our awkwardness and screw ups, at least mine, for seven years now. Right, right. Yeah, same here. Um, so you were, but you were multi-tracking the audio. Is that what you said? Yeah, so we we um, picked up a. Uh, it's you know we're not getting sponsored by anybody, but it's a um, a Persona Studio um, four six. So it's got four inputs. Um, we have pastor's mic. My mic is a worship leader. My guitar and a cajon. Okay. And so I've mic'd the cajon. Um, so we don't have drums. So, but I have a kick pedal for the cajon. So when I'm doing like. Nice. The same love, and I want to come in and bring in the thump thump. Then uh, I have the cajon. <laughs> so I have a, a four track recording. That's the official musical term, the thump thump. Yes, that's exactly yes. it. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so we I do a four track recording. There's not a lot of bleed between them, you know, uh, and being an audio guy, I can get that dialed in pretty good uh, and be pretty happy with it. I overdo it. Right. I'll take the one guitar and make three guitar tracks uh, and I'll have one that's really compressed and one that's got some shimmer on it and one that's really got uh, some like tremolo so that fills it out. And then I go, my wife goes, why does it take so long? And I go, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we, we need a, uh, we need a, uh, a, 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 an audio, audio holics anonymous. Yes. Group that. <laughs> Because right. I mean, this one. I mean, just I, I assume, like with gambling, you know, you go in and uh, and you start gambling, and then hours and hours go by, and you come out, and the sun's coming up in the morning, and you had no idea how much time you spent. Same thing happens when you're editing audio and video, right? It is. Well, with audio, because um, I, I coach some people with audio, and and I tell folks, if you've been working on the same thing for like an hour. 
go outside, take a walk, <laughs> come back in and listen again with fresh ears. Right. And it will, it, it may be different, but just like the gambling analogy, you'll start out with something, you know, let's say you start with 50 bucks and you come back and you're broke. So <laughs> you, you have, you have spent all this time and you come back and go, that sounds worse than when I started. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I've done that lots of times mixing audio where you spend hours and hours and hours and hours on a mix and you just, you know, you walk away from it, come back and this sounds horrible. And then you just undo everything. Right, right. And, you just and go back. Remove it. Uh, yep. Yeah. Well, I'm not a, I'm, I'm okay with music. I'm mostly a, a voiceover person so i can deal i deal with one instrument at a time it makes it very easy to mix right uh but when you're dealing with oh i've got a guitar and i need to leave space for the vocals and where the keyboard's going to sit in the mix and stuff uh, i'm not i'm not good at that and uh i'm sure you're much better than i am oh i don't know about that (laughs) i'm I'm getting better i hope but uh i'm still never usually super satisfied with my mixes (laughs) yeah but one thing that, see, I don't know about your church, but um, our church has had a bit of a, a resistance to doing anything on Zoom. Mm. So anytime we try to get groups together on Zoom, almost no one shows up. Oh, all right. And so most of our interaction has been on Facebook. And one of the things that this did started, because we didn't do worship of any kind for the first four or five weeks because it was just me you know and right right i think maybe i played my keyboard on one or two of the weeks and i didn't sing but it was i think i just did some background music for our prayer time and um but this you know got us all back in touch and all working together on a project and and at the same time it gives us a a finished product that our people really enjoy and that we put out on the facebook page and a lot of other people outside the church also have really enjoyed but it's it was a way for us to actually start shepherding people and caring for people during this you know time of being separated and um we weren't doing that well to be honest we weren't doing that well with the worship team up until that point but now we're actually in contact talking to each other yeah you know almost you know not all week but three or four days a week as we're figuring all this stuff out i think that's wonderful because i have been convicted lately especially after you and i connected last week with the fact that i've been leading worship by myself which doesn't feel right Right. It also doesn't feel right not to have a congregation in front of you to, you know, because you reflect off of each other for that. Um, But um, one of my worship team members, uh, my pastor did like a tour of our congregation members. He and his family piled in their van Hmm. and drove and just socially in a socially distanced way, hung out in front of the house. People came out on their lawns and they talked for a little bit just to connect, you know. Right. Uh, And met with some members of the worship team were like, we really wish that we were playing somehow. Can we figure out a way to do that? And that just lined right up with you're mentioning the acapella app and me thinking, gosh, there's gotta be, if we don't use that app, there's probably some other way that we can accomplish something similar to that and share that with the congregation. And it's not even so much that the congregation, it's that we have these people who are musically gifted and who really want to share that gift, who are now in a right. position where they don't have an outlet. Yeah. And um, I think 
you know, if, if any of us who've been involved in music or the art to some degree and have had to put that on a shelf and then come back to it years later, um, we may not have realized how much we missed it until we came back and did it again and went, oh, my gracious, why haven't I been playing my guitar? Why haven't I been singing? Um, you know, uh, there's an energy that you kind of regain when you re-engage. And it, may, it also makes me think of hiding, you know, hiding your talents, you know, right? Um, that I'm suppressing some people's ability, I think, and not inviting them. So I think taking a uh, taking from you, um, I'll be reaching out to folks and figuring out some way that we can en engage them. Well, yeah, that, and I took the cue from another pastor who probably took it from another pastor, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, see, there uh, on Easter, you saw a lot of these videos, but it was a lot of larger churches that did it, and they yeah. actually, um, they didn't use an app like this. They just recorded. Right. And this is, this is where it was, um, got too complex for me. They recorded like 40 or 50 people singing in a choir and then edited all that together and how they do that. Cause I went, I'm actually leading a homeschool choir and we're going to do that for our concert at the end of the year. So we're, the kids are working on a couple of songs this last week and three songs this coming week. And it's simpler for them, but it's much more complicated for on my end. So they have a listening device and a recording device. And so I, I recorded a conducting video of, of me with the song that they listen to, and it's got a click track on it. And they listen to it, and then they put another device that they record on, right? That, so it just catches them. And then I get all those videos, and now I get the fun of editing all of those together into one one video file. And that's why we use the app because it takes the whole video editing side out right. of it. Then I can just focus on the audio, and I just have to get it to sync back up at the end with a final video. And it really. Because when you talk about editing nine videos together and getting them synced together, and my I don't know how well my computer's going to do at editing together, um, you know, 15 or 16 different video tracks. I'm not sure it's, it might take a while to process all that. Mine, mine there's smoke that actually comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got a pretty robust computer that I do the video stuff on. Um, uh, but, you know, a, uh, a one hour, you know, service will take, you know, 45 minutes to render. So, Lord help us if I made a mistake someplace <laughs> in that. And this has happened before. Well, I've rendered it and come back and I go back to watch it and I go, oh, I forgot to remove that bit of background music there at 35 minutes. Or or, or I forgot to resync where the uh, the lyrics pop in and then go back and fix it you know Man, that's frustrating with, it is with a three minute song first of all it's like 60 times faster than real time so it's whoop, oh, oh i didn't like that this case it's like you know what i got better things to do right <laughs> gotta get on with my life there's gonna be a mistake this week just yeah. gonna leave it <laughs> yeah we're gonna be okay i see uh, nick's joined us online nick ross good morning nick nice to have you here wow we have somebody watching yeah, hey, we cool. have somebody watching. 
But um, yeah, you know, this this whole whole pandemic thing has been really interesting. I've heard a lot of talk on different you know church leadership podcasts about how this is going to change the way the church functions and operates from mm-hmm. this point forward. I've thought about, you know, worship. One of the things I'm not sure about is, um, you know, because one of the things that, you know, and I'm sure you're dealing with this too, is there's so much information right now. You know, I was I was tracking the mentions for the first three or four weeks of just the term coronavirus, and it was up in the billions, you know. Sure. And I haven't done a search recently. I guess I could go do that right now. But um, just to see how many... How many times it's been mentioned? All right, so two two point eight five billion results uh, on Google. You know, so it's you know been mentioned enough times to be in the billions. You know, and so there's just so much information, and you don't know yeah. who's who's right. And at the same time, th- it may be both, right? Maybe both sides of an argument are are partially right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and one of the things is there was a choir here in Washington up north at the start of this thing that kind of became famous in a bad way because they had a choir practice after the after everything started shutting down. And about 80 percent of the people in the choir ended up with the coronavirus oh, as a result of that one practice. Yeah. And so uh, and but since then, there have been several articles by supposed scholars, scientists, I don't know if, if it's really true or not, but that are talking about how the aerosolization of the virus through singing is one of the most dangerous things, most, you know, high spread, high ways yes. to spread the, the, the virus. That's true. Yeah. My and wife, so I'm looking at, okay, so when we come back together to worship, should we even sing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, we've talked about that as, you know, because Oregon is do it has a, a very specific way of opening up. I live in Oregon for folks who don't know. And um, the church where I serve is in the hot spot of Oregon. And, uh, you know, there there's just certain things you have to do. And the pastor right. and I have been speaking on this topic. We're meeting with the elders tonight to talk some more about it is what should this look like? And, you know, when uh, when we get kind of past that hurdle that we get to open again and and how do we protect people um you know how do we demonstrate love by protecting them in that environment and you know do we sing with masks on i mean that's that's an option it's like a pop Mm -hmm. filter we can get closer to the mic that way right (laughs) um you know one thing you mentioned um is you know two uh, two seemingly uh opposite things can be true at the same time uh my wife taught me this term it's called the dialectic and that's what that means. I can love you as you are and want things to be better for you, right? So right. when we think about this pandemic, we can say, um, I can be frustrated with the way this is happening and feel like I'm trapped in my house and all this stuff. Uh, and I can be grateful that people are, you know, fewer people are dying, people are safe. There's members of my congregation, it's an older congregation that, you know what, please stay home. Right. I, I want to have the opportunity to give you a hug again when we hit when, when the time is appropriate. So, mm-hmm. you know, do that for me. Right. Yeah. And, you know, these are these are issues. And then then part of the struggle um, is then you have then you have people who will say, well, <laughs> 
just don't worry about it. I mean, we got to build up the herd immunity, you know, and all these things. And the only way to do that is if we all get together again and start spreading the virus. And, you know, some people are going to get more sick than others and other people will be fine. And so yeah. then you've got the tension between the two sides of, right. of the argument in your own congregation, people who are thinking on the opposite sides and saying, we need to open up now. And other people saying, no, we need to wait to open up until <laughs> yeah. there's a vaccine or something. And, you know, how do you navigate that um, as church leaders? That's a challenge right now. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll let you know next week how our our meeting with the elders goes tonight, because, you know, there's, there's going to be some tension. Mm-hmm. And I think that in that that space uh, between two sides, that tension that is is created there helps us to find a balance. Right. That hopefully and, you know, and uh, as you know, as a pastor uh, and my pastor says that we need to remember that God is the ultimate authority in this and he will take all of these things and make good from it. Right. And if we trust that, then uh, we're we're starting off on the right foot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yes. Yeah, so what else have you been learning about worship during the pandemic? <laughs> Well, one thing I mentioned uh, is that um, when you are leading worship remotely, I, I mentioned this just briefly about five mm-hmm. minutes ago, that uh, it's a different environment. And when I sing with a congregation there, I'm in a position where if I make a little mistake, if I don't quite hit the note right or whatever, my congregation is a singing congregation. They sing oh, loud. Good. Right. There's mm-hmm. times I'll back away from the microphone and just let them sing because they don't need me. I mean, the point is, is they're worshiping him. And sometimes it's just like, you guys got this. Mm-hmm. I'll worship. I'm going to back away, but you don't need to hear my voice right now. When I am leading worship in this environment now, it's just me. And I feel very vulnerable mm-hmm. and I feel very exposed. Um, I find I'm self-conscious. Um uh, I mentioned to my pastor that it's just, uh, it almost feels a bit like there's some spiritual warfare that happens because normally as a worship leader, I'm pretty good about making sure that it's not about me, you know, that I want it to be about him. I want it, I want it to be vertical. And it's harder to do that, at least for me. And I wonder if other people have felt feel the same way or in that same position, that it's harder to get past yourself because you are so exposed. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've experienced that yourself, maybe as a delivering your sermons even. Yeah, I, I feel it in both areas. So one of the things about the app, you know, that's um, it's good and it's a good, it's a positive and a negative is, you know, you've got up to nine frames and there are ways you can add in more frames if you want. There's some uh, workarounds for that, but when you've got a band of you know four or five people and you're doing and you choose nine frames because you want a fuller sound that means that there's going to be somebody on there two or three times right <laughs> so yeah yeah so that and that's what you know so far it's it's been um you know someone else you know another one of our guys in the worship team ends up on there a couple of times oh my anyway you you see yourself on there you know two or three times on a recording and you and it, you think well it'd be easy to for people to think um oh he just likes seeing himself <laughs> yeah right and and that's not you know that's not the motivation at all it's just no. we're trying to 
trying to put a, a you know a, a recording together that that people will enjoy and now I know probably not very many people care as much about having a fuller sound but I care and I know some of the other worship people care and right and so so we keep working at it but I don't know it is what it is I, I mean it's fun. I enjoy it, and I think our worship team has enjoyed it. And it's also given—I hope it's given some of the people in our worship team an outlet during this time to be able to go do some music and, and work on it. And even though that one of the down, downsides of the app is, you know, you can't punch in and punch out like you could with audio recording. So it's one take. You got to get it all. <laughs> you can do as many takes as you need to, but you got to get it all—the whole song—in one try. You know. Yeah. And so, but and, you know, so there's been some of that. You know, redoing the song, redoing the song, redoing the song. We're gonna have a few of these songs really well rehearsed by the time we're done. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the benefits, you know, uh, another one of the benefits there is there's. Um, I think Paul Belash has mentioned it in his uh, worship leading training is that you should occasionally videotape your worship team leading worship and go back and watch it. Because your face may be communicating something right. that you do not intend it to communicate. And that's something that I, you know, but, but I talk about eating your dog food, man, sitting there watching <laughs> yourself worship. And actually, because we pre-record ours, my family sits on the couch and we watch the service together as a family. So I am there <laughs> worshiping to myself leading worship, <laughs> which I thought would be really stupid. I honestly, I thought, well, first of all, that sounds like the most egotistical thing I could think of. Um, and what I found is, is that I've been leading worship for so long that I've, it's easy to forget what it's like to just worship. Right. And it's been kind of a, a blessing to me. It doesn't need to be me leading the worship. It's easier if I close my eyes because mm -hmm. I don't have to see my face. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I, you know, this the the benefit of uh, refining ourselves, being shaken up, you know, out of our our normal routines is painful as that is, and as much as we want to return to that normalcy, um, that we're being stretched and we're growing, right. Uh, and uh, we, we don't, like I said, I feel vulnerable. At the same time, I'm convicted that I should probably practice a bit more right. <laughs> um, before I go in. Um, I should think about, like, I've been thinking about my mouth posture. I know, it's, but, you know, as a singer, not being lazy with my mouth because right. uh, I tend to go flat if my mouth posture is lazy. Well, that's, yeah, that's not something. I've thought about in a long time, but then yeah. you see yourself on video and you think, even if it's not just for, you know, intonation, but, um, you know, they work on that. They work on your mouth posture a lot and musicals for Broadway and all that stuff. You know, they really want your mouth as open as yeah. possible so you can see all your teeth the whole time you're singing, which is a really <laughs> unnatural way to sing. Right. Right. Because <laughs> you just don't do that. Right. But that but that's, I think, important in this environment. So I've been trying to work on that a little bit because, you know, my my natural mouth posture just kind of closed in like this and you can't hardly see anything inside my mouth. But yeah. That's important for other people who are following along while you're singing to be able to see your teeth and to see, you know, when you're saying a T and an S and all your diction and all of that stuff that you don't think about uh, when you're just singing by yourself. Right. Yeah. 
And now it's important for other people. And you'll actually find that if you do that, it becomes a habit. Right. When I do voiceover and you're doing it now and I'm doing it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in voiceover. I got to smile more. Yeah. Um, it, it, it helps with diction if you speak with a broader mouth because your tongue has to work harder right. to do that. So now I'm going to stop doing that because it's starting to bug me, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's kind of my big takeaways from, from worship thus far, still a lot of ways to grow in that uh, part of me hopes that I don't have that opportunity. Uh, and I also recognize that, I don't know, I think, in one way or the other, this is what my pastor says. We're not abandoning our digital uh, ministry after this. We right. have learned from this. We are going to continue to do this because we are reaching people in un unexpected places. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, people that don't normally go to church who miss the connection with people uh, who may not even be Christians, but just want to connect are coming looking for hope. Right. And why we should be offering that in some way. So this is what a wonderful time to like polish and build up these skills when you don't have much other choice. Yeah. And it's been, it's been, um, really good in so many ways, you know, that, that we wouldn't anticipate. Now, no one wants to say that pandemic is good. So I'm not saying that the pandemic itself is good. Right, right. <laughs> so don't, I don't want to say that, but you know, you know, cause we're the ironic thing. And I've actually, I've, I've said this to our people at church, but, um, I think it was two Sundays before this started. I actually made an announcement on our church Facebook page and in our private church community that we were going to stop streaming our services on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, because um, we we just had we'd have this one camera and a you know just a lockdown camera and we'd just stream whatever happened there. Um, but I thought, well, you know, when people get that, all they're really getting is me or the worship team, whatever's happening on stage. They're not getting the interaction with people, which I think is the best part about our church and any church yeah. is the actual community of believers. And so I said, I don't want someone to to decide not to come to our church and miss out on the best part of our church because of something they saw on Facebook. And, you know, the quality isn't anywhere near mm -hmm. what another yeah. church is going to be able to do. And so that could be a deterrent. And so we'd stop streaming and then this whole thing happen it's like well i guess we're streaming again right <laughs> um but you know we've we've also said this we're going to re rethink a lot about how we're doing doing church and and how we can accommodate digital uh in into our regular worship service, including having, you know, the ability for me to track along with comments during the sermon for people who are on Facebook and, and that kind of a thing, because we are reaching people who probably would have never considered coming to our church building. Right. But now they're 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 regularly watching and participating, interacting with the comments, getting to know the people, some of whom have said they will come and join us live when we open up, you know, after right. all of this, which, you know, and praise God for that. That would have never right. happened without yeah. this. And so we're so we're looking at, OK, what does it look like now moving forward in this this kind of new hybrid physical digital environment as a church and that's going to be a, a lot of wrestling i think that a lot of churches have to do with that that particular conversation yeah that's it's uh 
It's well, it's the whole term normalization, not to overuse a musical term, uh, but there, <laughs> there will be a normalization that will occur. It's like, it's not right. gonna look like it did before. It, it's going to be different. Uh, and when the dust settles, I think, uh, in so many ways, um, we have been, uh, released from the tether of the physical church to um, to utilize technology in remarkable ways and unexpected ways, and then to have that refined so that we are m- reaching more of his people. Mm-hmm. And if somebody in Texas happens to watch this, you know, Washington State or Oregon service and go, gosh, I haven't really heard it that way. My wife's from Texas and her faith really awoke when she left Texas. <laughs> uh, and so I think hearing things in a different way, in a different culture, you know, God is, he's just like, listen, I'm a creative God. I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to do what I need to do. Uh, and I'm going to take this and I'm going to, I'm going to reach more people than you ever expected. And I think of the song oceans, right. Um, you know, as a, Hey, you know, take me, you know, further than my feet could ever reach, you know, like Mm -hmm. we are going farther than we ever believed we ever would because he has called us to do that. Uh, and we're being obedient to it. Well, it's a scripture you already referenced earlier, but God, I mean, uh, I know there are probably some people that would say that, that God maybe did the pandemic, but I have a hard time with that theologically. So, um, I don't, I don't think God started or created the pandemic. I think that's a result of the curse and the fall and, you know, our decision to rebel against God. But at the same time, Romans eight says that God will work everything for the good for those who love him and who called according to his purposes. So, He's obviously doing that. The question is, you know, will we will we go along with his with his way of reworking this for his good, or are we going to, you know, cling to our selfish? We want to get back to how things were and how we enjoyed it. Right. Because if we don't, I mean, if we do that, we're no different than the people we've been complaining about for the last thirty <laughs> years, right? That's right. It's like, come on, we're going to do some modern worship. Let go of the hymns. It's going to be okay, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be 50 this year, but I'm fully aware how the curmudgeon in me is really awakening as, mm-hmm. <laughs> as I get older. Like, me too. I'm 40 and I'm feeling that. So Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny uh, how that kind of works. And, and I pray that I will um, remain open to, to being transformed, to being changed so that I can continue to reach people. It's uh, ever in this time, it just feels so much more critical. I feel it mm-hmm. so much more acute, acutely that we should be reaching people and we should be creative. Uh, I, I'm a crier, so I will spend time on the couch watching things happening and how people are affected by this and people with food insecurity. And um, my wife is considered essential, so she's at work every day, you know, and there's anxiety and stuff around that. And I also recognize I don't have it too bad. Hmm. And there are people that are struggling and what what a way to develop empathy and to to pray for people you don't know. Right. Um, Anyway. Anything else you want to talk about today? Oh, I think I think we've covered quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like we haven't yeah. talked about this for, you know, with anyone, you know, in this way. So um, plenty of content to get out there for, for people. Yeah. But I just a call to action for people who are listening or watching. I, I am very interested. I'm sure David is as well. And how are, how have you been navigating this 
uh, you know, you just have two perspectives here from worship leaders and pastors, but how are you dealing with it? What's worked and what hasn't worked? Because I'm open to learning. I'm open to doing better. And is there something that we said that was useful to you that you'd like us to provide additional information on? Yeah. And on that line, you know, um, of course, we could probably line up some interviews with some, you know, worship people, some big name worship people, even if we wanted to. But um, one of the things that Worship Ministry Catalyst has always been about is the local people. Right. And so it might be fun if we could try to, to wrangle up a couple of other people in future weeks and, and just get them on and just say, how have you been? How have you been adjusting for this? Even, you know, we got to get Dan on here. It'd be great to get Dan on yeah, here and Dan talk about it. Frequency, yeah, yeah. Uh, video, the video tech side of this, because he's an expert on that. I actually reached out to him a few weeks ago and said, "Hey, we got to figure this out. Can you help me? You know, get some equipment that that will really solve some of these problems." And that was some of the stuff we just bought for this last week. Oh, good. So he helped you more uh, than he's helped me. So that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, he'd be good to get on here for this and yeah. and the audio guys would be good to get on here and just just regular run of the mill worship folk at 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 any usual church that are that are probably just as you know as much an expert as any expert out there because they're doing it week in week out. I'm sure there's a lot we can learn from from yeah. anyone during this season. So, it'd be fun to get some some guys on here uh, on the Zoom call for for future weeks. Cool. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I hope Nicholas has enjoyed this. I don't know if anybody else is watching, but thanks, Nicholas, for joining us. For I saw the... it jump up to two for a second, so oh, I don't right. know. <laughs> Somebody went, oh, that's not where I meant to be. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so we'll, we'll try to get this next week, you think? We'll try to do, make this a weekly deal? Or... Yeah, I'd love to do it every week if you're up for that. If I can if I can make it work with my schedule, uh, and uh, as long as son, my son Sam is done with his homework, let's, we, this is a deal. All right. Well, at least for everyone out there on Facebook land, it's good to uh, good to see you. We're going to wrap this up and call it a show, I guess. God bless, guys. It's been good seeing you, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us once again on the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. And make sure to add your voice to the conversation. You can find us at twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. On Facebook at facebook.com slash worship ministry catalyst. Or head over to worship ministry catalyst.com and drop us a note. 